Welcome back to Real Phonies, where we take a love for movies and television and combine it with very little knowledge about movies and television. I'm your host, Christian. Join me are my co-host, Joseph. Yellow. And Jay here. Cacao! Back again for our hundredth episode. Never thought we'd get this far. Woo! Uh, we're going to talk about other notable hundredth episode of things, right? Indeed, other other hundredth uh, episode of, of TV shows that have you know made it to this benchmark milestone, whatever you want to call it. Again, as Hurt will probably elucidate in in a few seconds, there is a little bit of a, a history with the hundredth episode mark, whether it's acknowledged or not by the TV show. But just an acknowledgement of our own professionalism, I want to uh, publicly put on record the fact that after a hundred episodes, sometimes we still forget to push the record button when we start. <laughs> It's not my fault anymore that that doesn't happen. That's true. I mean, um, this is this one was the worst one, though, I feel like. This is the farthest we got without recording. That's probably true. Um, uh, you know, we, we had gotten a good way into this one before we realized we were not recording. I mean, so, Christian yeah. and I once lost a whole episode. We had a great Halloween episode that I felt happy about that uh, is gone forever. Into but the that ether. one, you, you pressed record. It just went away correct correct i don't know somehow that's less soul crushing i think i guess technically in that in that uh particular situation this is actually our 101st episode there's just one (laughs) loss to the ages (laughs) (laughs) oh that's funny but yeah okay 100 for 100 episodes of tv shows again yeah you know uh 100 episodes used to be a huge milestone behind the scenes on a TV show because it was the point at which a TV show could be sold into syndication, which used to be a way bigger deal than now. Uh, you would, uh, you know, you'd get to hundred episodes and then you would sell it to local stations and then they would run Andy Griffin after the news, you know, for the rest of forever. And, um, and people from that would continue to get paid for the rest of forever or until they die. Um, so, that stopped being as much of a milestone since TV syndication really isn't as big of a thing now with streaming. You know, people don't wait for TV shows to happen to them now. So, and with streaming, you don't need a hundred episodes. You need four episodes. You need hardly any episodes to, to get streamed on Netflix, but it's still a milestone that seems like on this side of the camera, maybe even more so that usually shows make a big deal of doing something with their hundreds episode. Yeah, it seemed to be, it became, um, there's, you know, different styles of 100 episodes. Some where they really, like, really go for it um, artistically. Some where it's always just like a flashback episode. Like, look at the fun memories we had. Right. Um, And then some are like, some are defining episodes, whether it's good or bad. I would say, like, an episode that I remember very definitely that's a hundredth episode is the uh, scrubs it's like a, an allegory of the wizard of oz it's, it's it's a great episode it really stands out the problem is it's kind of a cut above of everything else scrubs ever did um so these hundredth episodes really have like or at least they used to between the 80s and i don't know 2012 there was a stigma of accomplishment um, with 100 episodes, but we really don't have that anymore. And so this isn't really a thing, like the special 100th episode thing. I don't even know the last show to hit 100 episodes. Yeah, I'm, none of my sh- shows that I have are very recent. We definitely move the streaming model, like you talked about, moved to essentially shorter seasons, and uh, you could get canceled at any moment. 
for any reason. It doesn't, it doesn't seem to be related yeah. to popularity or anything. Just <laughs> you, It's funny you mentioned Scrubs specifically, though, because that was actually one of the ones that was on my list, even though it wasn't necessarily, you know, like a, like you said, like a special episode. I guess it kind of was because it's kind of a Wizard of Oz allegory. But when I, it was the only one of the ones on this list that I was like, oh, I should go back and rewatch it. And I did. And I was like, oh, Scrubs is really great. But now you're making me feel like, oh, maybe just that episode was really great. Yeah, listen, I, I, I'm pro Scrubs. But um, it's, it's uh, probably not as good as 16-year-old me made it out to be. But then again, it's probably not as terrible as 30-year-old me is making it out to be. I, I have said numerous times on this show when I was ticked by that, that it is a very okay show. Speaking of okay shows with 100 episodes, one that I wanted to bring up, and I, th- I may be the only person here who's watched it, How I Met Your Mother. Uh, I've watched at least 100 episodes of that show and have still not watched a lot of episodes of that show. <laughs> Yeah, it lasted a long time. The 100th episode is, in my opinion, the best episode of the show. It's called, um, I think, Women Versus Suits. And basically, it makes Barney, Neil Patrick Harris's character. There's this hot blonde chick he meets at a bar, and he has to decide. If he wants to sleep with this girl, she won't do it with a guy in suits. And, of course, one of Barney's character traits is that he wears a suit all the time. So he has to choose between women or suits. And it ends with a big musical number and really shows off like NPH's like, you know, Broadway chops. Um, it's a fun episode of that show. Uh, and one that I would recommend if you've never watched it, that would be an episode I'd say, hey, tune in. It might be something to, to get you on board. Now, will you stick? Eh, who knows? But it, it's an example of the 100th episode being, I think, probably a cut above the rest of the episodes. Well, I think that show's good for a long time, and then it isn't. And this might be one of these shows that going more and more than 100 was a bad idea. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. A lot of these, uh, I think, Joseph, you said this on our unrecorded version of this episode. Correct. Uh, that the 100th episode could be like a benchmark of, of uh, things that have gone on too long possibly particularly sitcoms i think uh you know i think we, we we mentioned you know as far as the the infinite number of law and orders that aliens will discover one day and try and figure out what the hell would the society was doing with their lives if they can make like 700 episodes of law and order but the, the difference is i feel like with with like a crime procedural like you don't actually have to make anything different for the formula to still work for sitcoms and for comedy there's like a necessary element of surprise for it to be funny. And I think it's just hard to, to nail that balancing act for a really long time without dramatically changing, you know, what the show was at its core. Well, I also go ahead, Jay. Sorry. No, you you go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, there also seems to be more recognition that this show has lasted or has had staying power in comedy or in sitcoms. Like, you know, I, I don't know how many episodes Game of Thrones has gone for, like 77 or something. Mm-hmm. And if if it had hit 100, it would there would have been nothing special about it. You know, it would have just been another episode of Game of Thrones. But when it comes to sitcoms, even though that kind of serial weekly production sets itself up better for 100 episodes, it's the ones that really highlight that we made it to this accomplishment it's just weird to me it's very self-aware uh it it doesn't have to i mean we're talking about 100 episodes on our 100 episodes so i guess i'm being a little hypocritical now but 
it's just weird. It's just a strange thing to me that we're like, we're going to write this special thing that addresses how many episodes of this fake thing we've made. <laughs> See, I, I don't have a problem with it because for, for me, and, and I feel like even for like the general consumer, like a hundred episodes is kind of fun for a show that you really like because it's kind of like a birthday party. They don't really have birthday parties, but it's like an acknowledgement of, Hey, you know, like uh, I enjoy the general content, but let's just kind of celebrate this thing that is this thing, you know? Well, um, you were saying that how it's kind of a, you know, um, it's a weird thing to write in the show. One of the ones I have on my list is one where it's literally written into the show, which is uh, one of my favorite shows, 30 Rock. The 100th episode of 30 Rock is about the uh, 100th episode of TGS. So, it's a you good know, one. They- it has Tom Hanks in it. It does. <laughs> Yeah, it does. It does. Have it does. Yeah, it's got a, a a nice cameo by Tom Hanks. It also has a uh, it also has Michael Keaton in it. Michael Keaton. You know, Frazier, Frazier did the same thing. Uh, Frazier's hundredth episode is about Frazier's one thousandth episode. Oh, right on. Of his radio show, and uh, I mean it's pretty good too. I think the Thirty Rock one hits better. Maybe it's just because Frazier's kind of dated now, but. Well, the- the 30 rock one I think also works because you know, there's a, there's a plot line in it where there's a gas leak in the, in the building. So they do a clip show thing where they show stuff from old seasons, but then they also start to hallucinate. So some of the clips are not what they were originally. And right. you know, Jack meets time traveling versions of himself. And, uh, he uh, he gives a pretty great speech to Tracy Jordan about how to throw away his credibility, and it's a you know a thinly veiled critique on Alec Baldwin's old own career. Um, you know it, it's it's a solid episode, and you know we talked about how 100 can sometimes be a good stopping point. I still think 30 Rock was great after this, but this could have been a stopping point for them. And actually, their last episode is kind of just this episode again. So. Um, so, but yeah, um, I, you know, I definitely think that one's worth checking out. Are there any terrible ones that come to people's mind? Ones that are like just a utter bore? The well, worst I mean, hundredth episodes. I mean, I fucking love Seinfeld, but their hundredth episode is an all clip show, which wouldn't be so bad if they didn't also do two more clip shows after that. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the clip show. Uh, well, that, that, that's why I think the Thirty Rock one is is kind of extra funny because it's it's like a recognition and kind of like it's it's doing the thing, but it's also like you know uh, making fun of the thing, making fun of the thing. Yeah, I and I appreciate it for that. Because uh, I, I'm glad that it takes shots at it. Like shows like, like uh, Friends. Man, every season, Friends did a, a a clip episode to remind you of how Ross and Rachel were secretly in love with each other. Like it, it's just, <laughs> I did not need the constant reminder. Um, one that I think of, and Jehu, I think we're going to disagree on. Uh, I am a, I stand lost all day long, but the hundredth episode of Lost is not great. Um, it's in the middle of the worst season, which is the fifth season of Lost. And uh, it involves a obscure character that had quite the following on the internet, Daniel Faraday. But, I mean, that show, it's so... It's an example of... And I think it ends strong. I think the sixth season really comes back. But season four and five, four and five um, kind of lost its way a bit. And it's during that time it had the 100th episode. Probably a point it should have. May have gone on too long. Okay, 
I, 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 I was going to argue with you about this, the fifth season, but you don't think the fourth season is good? Maybe my problem with the fourth season is that it follows the third season, which is the best season of Lost. Okay, the third season is the best season of Lost, which I think is me and you being outside of the norm because a lot of people say that's a weak season. But, I, you know, fourth is just genuinely considered by most people as being the best season, so I'm surprised. You don't like I, I, I too like the third I don't like season the better. jumping. I don't like yeah. the jumping. Uh, the, the moving through time. And I really didn't even care for them being in the past. I think that's why I preferred when they, you know, them in the Dharma initiative. That feels like people had so many questions. They just came up with a plot point to try to answer those questions. And they failed to do both. And uh, this, when they come back to the present, way more entertaining to me. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, that 100th episode, I like it a lot, but also there's nothing special about it. There's nothing like 100th-y about it, you know? Yeah, I will say another one that I wanted to talk about because I watched it recently, and I think you have as well, Jehu, the 100th episode of Next Generation, which is one yes. of the best episodes of Next Generation. It is totally one of the best fucking episodes that, absolutely. Joseph, I'm assuming you're not familiar. I'm not. There was, there was a character that died in season one who uh, they bring back in weird ways a couple of times, but this is one of the times uh, where they have her come back as a Romulan uh, villain. It's like a season, I think it's the season four finale. Is right. it lined up? And uh, yeah, Romulan showing up, looks like Tasha Yar. And uh, it's a shocking moment. Like it, it, it plays really well. And it plays off the best episode of the series, which is yesterday's Enterprise. So, yeah, uh, you know, uh, you know, whereas the original Star Trek didn't have a huge amount of continuity, it was one of those things where watching this show for years really paid off. Yeah, and it's still not a show with super continuity. Like you could skip around Next Generation all you wanted, right? Uh, but you know that that is one of the moments where it does kind of reward its fans for sticking it out yeah i i i would i would probably put that as maybe the third best uh uh star trek next generation episode so yeah that that's a that's definitely a good hundredth episode um, yeah it was on my notes all i wrote was romulan tasha yar on the uh subject of long-running geek shows i also have the uh the x-files hundred episode on hundredth episode on here which they use in a weird way they basically use it to make a backdoor pilot yeah i don't know I don't know if you guys are very familiar with X-Files, but the 100th episode is the first episode that's really about Mulder's buddies, the lone gunman. And, you know, not long after that, the lone gunman got their own series, which did not last. But it's a, it's a, it's a solid episode. If I remember correctly, I think it guest star soap opera vet Sidney Coleman. Uh, but um, it's, it's all right. But again, it's not very 100th-y. So it's a, it's a, it's a weird uh, way to do that milestone. So wait, is, is the other one a, is a spinoff show? Yeah, they had a spinoff show called The Lone Gunman. I mean, I, it, I feel like I feel like a hundred episodes is about the right time to do the spinoff if you're going to do one. Well, that's that's true. That's true. That was I that's just, uh, unusual I, I, suspects, right? That's the name of that episode. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I guess what's weird about it as a hundredth episode is I don't think it features Scully at all. That is strange, but I think you're right. Weird because she's it's such a mainstay. But again, I mean. I don't know. Like, is it the hundredth episode? Who is it really a big deal for? You know, like, did did right. Vince Gilligan think that he was gonna? Was he was like, oh great, we're getting syndicated, or was he like, I'm just glad I'm still writing the show. I don't know right. how much more I got. Right. Um, so, so I, you know, I don't, I don't know. It's a weird accomplishment in that for some people it's a big deal, and for some people it just it, it doesn't matter at all. 
And by the way, that was about how much more they had. That was the last <laughs> great season of the X-Files. The season after that has some really good standalone episodes, but the overall story tanks after that. Also on the subject of long-running geek, geek shows, I would say this might be the best 100th episode. It's definitely the one that makes it the most of a milestone. And uh, that's the Buffy the Vampire Slayer 100th episode. I knew this was coming. You knew this was coming? I mean, it's it's a pretty great 100th episode because, spoiler alert, they kill the main character in the in the episode. You know, at the time, they had been on, I think, the WB, and they were moving to the UPN, but it wasn't a done deal. So I think they wrote the episode as if it could be the last episode, and in it, they they kill Buffy, and it's it's a uh, you know it's a kick-ass blood fest sort of battle, uh, and you know of course since it comes back for two more seasons, Buffy uh, uh, decides to not be dead anymore. But uh, <laughs> but it's a it's a fucking solid episode, and it and it even though at that point you knew it was coming back, it felt real. It, it felt like oh shit, Buffy's dead. I like this idea of celebrating a milestone of of longevity by just killing it, <laughs> like. Right. Like, it's good now, let's stop while we're ahead. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, you know, and I mean, like, really, if you stop, it's a good ending for the show. I think it's a better ending than what the show actually ended on, which the show didn't end poorly. I just think this ending was better. I've never watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Never watched a single minute. Me neither. That's, it seemed, uh, Joseph, you would hate it. But, uh, Jones, I think you would like it. It seems like I things think I you would like. I would, too. Yeah. I mean, uh, here, here's, here's the problem you're going to have with it if you try watching it right now. That fucking Whedon dialogue has made it into so many fucking things, and it's so played out in 2020 that it just it's going to feel unbearable watching it right now. So, like, wait five years for that shit to play out and then try it. <laughs> I don't even know where I would find it, but, yeah, I, I, mean, I, I always tell myself I'm going to give it a shot, and then... I never do. I think, uh, I think there's actually some weird shit with it streaming because I know for a while it was on Netflix, but the first season wasn't on Netflix. There was something about the rights on the the stream rights on the first season wasn't cleared or something. I don't know. So yeah, I don't know if there's anywhere to watch all of it right now. Well, the only one that I have on here that that uh, you guys haven't already covered because I I've, I've realized in, in uh, preparing for this episode that I don't have the commitment to watch a show that's been on for 100 episodes or more, is that 70s show where, where instead of doing a clip show episode, they went another popular uh, sitcom trope for their 100, which is the musical episode. The two was on my list too, and and I was gonna wonder, I was gonna ask how many sitcoms do what, a musical for their hundredth episode. Uh, apparently, right. apparently not many, but a lot of sitcoms <laughs> do do a musical episode. And then I, after re- after talking about this, it's like, oh, we should probably rank the the best sitcom musical episodes. <laughs> right. Well, mainly what I remember about learning from this episode is not a lot of their cast could sing. Nope. Nope. Like, you know, for instance, going back to Buffy, when Buffy did the musical episode, most of those people could crank it out. But the man, the 70s show people, these guys were not singers by trade. Yeah. And again, that 70s show, the 100th episode, maybe a good stopping point for that show. Uh, I'm not sure it got better after that. Oh, no, it 100% didn't. That's the last funny season. Like, it doesn't just become less funny the season after that. It is just cringy. Like, because I think that's the same season that ends with 
Eric's sister marrying Fez. And oh, like, yeah. the, the very next season is just hot garbage. <laughs> well, you know, if we're, uh, if we're finishing up these episodes, since it's, uh, it is our hundredth episode, do we have any favorite episodes of real phonies that we should pump right now uh, in remembrance I mean, look, despite the fact that we've been doing this for, uh, you know, a long time, six months, I feel like some of our best episodes that I still remember that really the first episode that I think was good was the episode we did on Avengers Infinity War. And I've enjoyed both of our Avengers episodes, Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame are two of my favorite ones that we've done. Yeah, those are good times. I mean, it's just fun talking about those movies. I think a couple favorites of mine. I think the movie villains episode is pretty strong. That is a good one, yeah. And uh, one that doesn't get a lot of love that I really enjoyed is the uh, Pitch a Pokemon movie. Sure. I really, uh, Jehu and Ian, I thought brought their A games on that one, and I really, 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 really enjoyed that one. Pitch, Jehu, Pitch a Pokemon. Pitch a Pokemon is probably my favorite one too. I know that, uh, like. Uh, Every time we don't have an idea, I always want to do a pitch episode again because I had so much fun on that. But apparently this one wasn't beloved. But uh, but I had a really fun time doing it. It's one of the few ones because I can't stand the sound of my own voice. I, it's only one of the few ones with me on it that I went back and listened to and thought, man, that's, that's a fun episode. Uh, I really liked the Stephen King episode. I can't put a finger on why. I just remember after it over, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, I would listen to these guys talk for an hour. Did we do a whole episode on Stephen King? We, we did. Whole, yeah. 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 Damn, we did a whole episode. On I don't remember Stephen that King. at all. I think that's why it was good. I think going into it, we didn't have a like strong opinion on what we were doing, so we weren't just yelling things at each other. I think that's what I liked about that one. Yeah, it was uh, before it too released. I think we did Stephen yeah. King adaptations. Um, yeah, I mean, you go all the way back to Better or Worse than Transformers, the uh, Black Panther episode, our very first episode. Very first episode. <laughs> but you know what? We could have started worse. Uh, <laughs> much love to Ian. He was the crucial part of this podcast. Uh, miss you, buddy. I doubt you're listening, but if you are... We miss you, buddy. Yeah. Wish you, miss we, you. Uh, we do. I, yeah, one of the ones that I constantly plug to people, even though... I don't think anybody will have as much fun listening to it as I had doing it with the Star Wars prequels episode. That's that's my personal favorite one we've ever done, but I understand that I'm heavily biased just because I came in very impassioned about it. Whichever episode was the one I had the complete fucking meltdown about everybody loves Raymond at the end is probably the the one I should recommend. It's no like it's like a to. multiple episode like you there's like a there's a story arc there as you continue <laughs> to watch more of them. That's true. There's like three episodes in a row. But the third one was like, I need to stop fucking watching Everybody <laughs> Loves Raymond. This is awakening a very dark part of my personality. Yeah, I would uh, also I would also recommend um, our Star Wars The Last Jedi episode uh, because it started a very long-running feud between Ian and myself. So. That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, but real phonies. Here's to 100 more, question mark? Question mark. Yeah. <laughs> if I have another child, I'm probably out. I will say, if, if it gets down to just me and, uh, me and uh, Joseph, the one time we were left alone, that was a concise fucking podcast. It was. I felt it like was we were like, very efficient. Like, uh, if we ever do an Aaron Sorkin episode, it should just be me and you. I'd be down with that. 
Yeah, but because uh, we it was just a lot of really clippy dialogue. God, can we do a newsroom episode? Can we do an Airhead Sorkin episode just so we can talk about the newsroom? It's funny because <laughs> it's the one I hate the most, but it's the one that I want to argue about the most because so many people are fucking wrong about it. I, I, I'll let me. I it's the only thing of his I've never watched. So let me watch it and then maybe. We'll oh god, it. yeah. Well, I, there are a couple things in the pipeline that require some prep work. That episode and I need to rewatch Lost because I don't remember a shit like anything about Lost anymore. Because I'd love to do a Lost episode. So yeah, well, that, I mean, sometime in the next homework. Yeah. I mean, that might be the one we can maybe get Ian back with, just because he has such strong opinions about uh, about disliking a loss because he doesn't like how the ending is, even though he doesn't remember the ending. Oh, my God. <laughs> Also, a long-running bit is us arguing about Lost and yeah. teasing an actual Lost episode. So maybe Correct. one day we could deliver on it. Since the first episode I've on the I've been was on here, we talked about doing a Lost episode, and we've still not done it. Tune into the next hundred to find out if we ever actually make good on it. Uh, but cool again, absolutely. Thanks to everybody who's been listening so far. Even if you haven't necessarily listened to every single one of the hundred, just any of them is great. Thank you. I'm glad that, yes. that somebody finds this entertaining. Besides us, uh, yeah, I'm gonna say I gotta say my highlight. I, I just I just want to say this before we move on. My highlight of doing this this whole thing has definitely been at when we were doing the live recording at Pensacon, is hearing Jehu describe a rating scale of movies I created to be funny on Facebook. Like that was a, the better or worse than Transformers thing was something I just made up to <laughs> post reviews on Facebook. And here we are sitting in this room and this guy sitting next to me is saying it for these 40 people. Um, <laughs> it was a very surreal moment for me. So thank you guys. I, this is, it's a ton of fun. I look forward to it every week and uh, I'm glad I'm happy we've hit a hundred. That, that, the, the live episode is also one of my favorites because we were also worried going into it that Ian was going to crap his pants. And Ian's the only one of us who didn't fuck up. Correct. His, his shit was tight and the rest of us were like, Star Wars is our cool and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, 100%. Well, cool, guys. Thanks for, for 100. And uh, what have we been watching this past week? I will start. Um, so I am... I would say I'm more pro found footage movies than most people. They get look. They, they got a real bad rap for a couple of years, but like the the format isn't fundamentally broken. It just got heavily abused for paranormal activity, mostly. For sure, I watched one of the terrible ones this week. Okay, uh, it's called The Phoenix Lights, which uh, the Phoenix Lights were uh, like a mass UFO event uh, in Phoenix, Arizona, in the '90s. Um, there is a low-budget horror movie about four guys who are camping during that event who, I uh, guess, are kidnapped, taken, and killed by aliens. And it is awful. It is, <laughs> it, it's, like, probably right around 105 minutes. Like, it's not super long. And it probably takes you 80 of them for them to even get, like, in a position of danger. Um, it is a very slow build. Um, I do are, not are, there, are there any found footage horror movies where someone in the footage lives? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I, either. Like, I guess that's kind of the point is it's found footage. I, I, I think that's what I'd like to see. I'd like to see a presented footage. You know, <laughs> hey, hey, here's the footage from this horror event I was in. I survived it. There's one that's not really a found footage film. 
uh, I think it's called the fourth kind. I also was going to say the fourth kind. It's kind of a similar premise. That it's it's a uh, it's not a found footage thing, but for they they play it as if it was you know based on real events, and then for certain like dramatized versions of scenes, they'll do a side by side of like the dramatized version with the actors and whatever. And then, you know, with the found footage version of what really happened on like, you know, a shittier quality thing with different people. And uh, it's pretty fucking effective. I really like that movie. Yeah. That, that movie's pretty strong for, you know, being in this kind of like sub genre that is kind of what you're talking about. Cause it's like interviews with people who experienced right. this thing. The interviews aren't real, but they play them as real. Mm-hmm. You, you ahead, I feel like, do you just watch everything that's, that's made in Alaska? Is this just like your subgenre? Yeah, you know what? It's, you know, it's like when they mention Pensacola in a movie. You can get a little <laughs> excited about it. Uh, I watched the new, a new Netflix special. Uh, it was kind of like a weekly thing. Uh, Middle Ditch and Swartz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Swartz, which is an hour-long um, true improv comedy special. And so there are three episodes out right now and they, it's two dudes that take a prompt from the audience and then they improv for 45 minutes. I feel like it's important that. to note that it's Thomas Middleditch from Silicon Valley and Ben Schwartz from Parks and Recreation. You would recognize both of them instantly. And they're great in it. It is, I have not laughed that hard in a long time. Uh, tears running down my face. Jay, I don't want to build it up for you because you hate when people talk about funny things. But to me, this was hilarious right what was it called again middle ditch and schwartz and it's, it's just their netflix? last names yep okay, yeah it's on netflix it's like the first thing on their banner ads right now okay fair enough speak speaking of netflix banner ads i watched extraction Ooh. i, I can't get into chris hemsworth as a leading guy I, yeah. I just he he doesn't do it for me he's not in comedy roles like he has this good charm and charisma but in dry action like he just i, I just don't see it um, I think it's the baby some, face. Could be. There's some cool gun foo in it, but it's not like it's John Wick good. Yeah, I didn't love it. Uh, I'm going to say worse than Transformers. Phoenix Light's also worse. Middle Age and Shorts better. And the only other thing I watched, because I had to check that anime box, is I started a very long-running anime that will take me a while, Fairy Tale. And uh, you know what? It's pretty good. It's okay. It's um, Is that the one you tried feels- to start once and it had a really fucked up beginning? Or is that a different uh, show? I think it's a different one. There was I, I tried Seven of... Deadly Sins. Touche. Yeah. Oh, it was Seven I Deadly tried... Sins. Yeah, that's what it yeah. was. Look, and this has very similar things to Seven Deadly Sins. Like Seven Deadly Sins is 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 has a lot of those like sexist overtones, and this does not not have that. It's just <laughs> not as bad, and uh, so I was able to kind of suck it up. But it feels like a really good in between of what anime was when I was growing up and what anime is today. Um, you could see the kind of transition in it. I believe the last episodes aired last year in Japan, and it's like 360 episodes long. That sounds so right. So we'll see if I, if I stick it out. But right now, pretty good. Fair enough. Hurt? Um, I read a comic book called Silver Surfer Black. You guys might remember a while back on the show. Is that not Black I Surfer? <laughs> I mean, that is a fair question. You guys might remember a while back I raved about a comic called Thanos Wins. Yes. Uh, it, w- it was written by a, uh, a guy named Donny Cates, who's kind of Marvel's new it guy. But since then, I'd kind of decided he was a one-hit wonder. I'd tried out some of his other stuff and hadn't hated it, but hadn't loved it. Uh, uh, he wrote this, and this is him living up to that again. Although, really... Uh, 
there's the artist trad Moore does a whole lot of the heavy lifting in this he does a sort of uh trippy psychedelic sort of maybe almost graffiti and style inspired art and it is fucking dope i was uh i read eight pages into it and i was like this shit needs a soundtrack Mm. which is not a decision i usually make with a comic book but uh uh as someone who is a uh a, who is not a stoner in their life has no history with drugs. I still fucking love stoner rock, so I uh, I put on some Monster Magnet, uh, specifically their Dopes to Infinity record, and uh, and read this comic, and it was fucking great. I highly recommend it. <clears throat> I would say uh, it's a good comic, not just to get digitally or something, but actually buy and own on paper because it the art is. Uh, worth looking at more than once if you're someone who who comic book art needs to be like hyper jim lee realistic and stuff it's not the thing for you but if you're looking for something that doesn't look like something you've seen before uh it's worth a try that's it that's all i got cool i have uh, been trudging through uh westworld very very slowly because i don't enjoy it uh, but I've finished two episodes now and it's not good. It's just not good. I don't hurt you were mulling over watching more than the first season. Don't just stop. Okay. <laughs> uh, I watched. Well, that's funny because me and Sarah are at a crossroads tonight where we, uh, where we decided our brains are atrophying and we have to start a brain show. We have to start some show. We've got to think about some night. My pitch was going to be, uh, Westworld, but I guess I won't now. Yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah. I think the thinking stopped after the first season. <laughs> the uh i watched the on disney plus i watched their newest pixar movie onward uh which i really enjoyed i feel like it got a little undersold to me it's it's not I, you know as i think i really i think you you put it aptly christian in that it's not it's not like the most memorable pixar movie like it's not a game changer in any way uh but if dreamworks made this movie it would be the best movie that dreamworks has ever made yeah absolutely uh, which I think is very accurate, uh, but particularly as somebody who's like, you know, the whole movie is very much like a love letter to to D and D, and I really enjoy that. I wish there was a little bit more of the actual fantasy adventure instead of like, you know, spending time in fantasy suburbia. But it's pretty fun. I also think Chris Pratt is really good at it. Yeah, uh, it might be his best role, honestly. Yeah, I, I also thought that as my Joseph Smarter Than You Guys pick of the week, I watched The Host by Bong Joon Ho because I want to watch the rest of his collection. Catalog? I don't know. Yeah. Oeuvre. And That's all on Hulu right now, right? Everything he's not, made. Not Hulu, everything, right? but oh. several of his movies, um, including Parasite. Oh but uh, this I is like... it's told that to me. It's a, it's a monster movie about, you know, a, a monster that appears in the Korean, the Han River in Korea, South Korea, uh, and murders people. It's a pretty fun monster movie. I, I don't think it's got the shine or polish of some of like, you know, Snowpiercer or, or Parasite. I didn't enjoy it quite as much as I enjoyed those movies. But, you know, as, as is kind of his usual bit, there's also like an additional layer of a lot of the plot is about the government's handling of a crisis when there's like a monster on the loose and kind of how they don't do that great, which was more uh, topical than I was anticipating when I went into this movie. <laughs> Uh, do you do you uh, sorry to interrupt but do you guys find that like you're trying not to watch things that are topical and just accidentally happen upon yeah yeah absolutely it's happening to me all the time <laughs> like i, yeah, I like 100, even i 100 percent have been trying to avoid topical things like even in my like youtube soap opera shit i've gotten into an era of a soap opera uh where there's a pandemic 
Like in <laughs> 1984, they had a pandemic storyline on Guiding Light called The Dreaming Death. And I'm like, how did this line up right now? Oh, anyways, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, and then the last thing I watched, which I watched the whole thing this week, even though, uh, well, I guess it's just a short series. I watched uh, my anime of the week is a show called Promise Neverland or The Promise Neverland. I'm not sure. It's only 12 episodes long. It's kind of like a, eh, I don't know if I'd classify it as like a horror anime, but it's like, it's definitely like a heavy suspense anime. Yeah, I don't want to spoil it for anybody who wants to watch it because part of it is kind of like, you know, peeling back the layers of what's really going on. But it's uh, it's only it's twelve episodes on uh, on Hulu. It's really really good, really compelling. I recommend it. Uh, and also the the opening and closing credit songs are both bangers. So, <laughs> and that's really what's most important when watching anime. It, in some ways, it is. You know, I don't know if you have the same thing, uh, Christian. But like in my mind, I have arguments with invisible ghosts that I have never met and will never meet about. You know, which anime opening theme songs are the best songs? Uh, And I've just compiled this elaborate list in my head that I feel like I I defend to myself fervently. And I don't know why I'm using brain space for that, but it seems important to me on some level. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, as long as uh, Full Alchemist Brotherhood Season 1, that opener, man, that that thing banks. It's great. I'll send you a playlist I found on Spotify of the best anime. <laughs> I mean, genuinely do send that to me. <laughs> I will enjoy that. Uh, I mean, that seems like it's just going to be a lot of pop punk songs with uh, Japanese lyrics over. Am I wrong about that? that? No, that's no, absolutely correct. What it is. But man, those bass lines are sick. Like it's unbelievable <laughs> how good all, all of these songs have the best Japanese bass players in the world. I'm assuming like they're all great. But yeah, that, I that, did want to. Ch- what was the name of that show again? Because I think I saw it on Hulu, and I wanted to check it out. It's called The Promised Neverland. It's, a, I mean, again, it's twelve episodes. Yeah. It's a super easy watch, it, and for, especially for me because I've everything I've been watching lately is like a some kind of fighting battle anime, which I don't have a problem with. You know, obviously, I've been enjoying that for the last twenty years of my life. Uh, but it is nice to, to do something that's kind of a, a different storyline. Yeah. Uh, it's actually, it, it reminds me a lot of Death Note. If Death Note wasn't so dumbly cynical and you weren't following the villain. Fair point. So that's, that's, my, that's my pitch. Um, but I, th- that's, I think that's it for me and I think that's it for, for all of us. Uh, so join us next week for our 101st episode, which is not nearly as interesting. But- <laughs> and some might say our 102nd episode. Some some might say, but thanks to everybody uh, for listening for, you know, however many episodes you've made it so far. It, it's it's more than we expected. Please, uh, if, if you want to get in touch with us for what you would like for us to talk about while we're all just hurting for content, you can reach us at realphonies.gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at realphonies and on Instagram at real underscore phonies. Thanks to Zach Evans for art and Brian Velasquez for our theme. We'll see you guys next week. Later. Later.